Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Psyche Podcast with me Hannah, your host. Um, I hope you've had a fantastic week. I've had quite a busy week, Um, obviously last week I was saying about uh, going to the opera or not as it turns out Um, and I had tickets to go and see the Lion King musical um, for Saturday Um, and I actually had quite a social weekend but managed to cope well with all of it so it was my dad's 60th on Friday, happy birthday dad for Friday. Um, and we had a family meal and it's, to be honest, the first time in a long time that we've had um, a family meal all together, um, but we did and it was very nice, uh, very civil um, and yeah, Dad had a good time, uh, so then I stayed Friday night, had breakfast Saturday and then drove home, so about an hour and a half, two hour drive, uh, hung out with the puppy, not actually a puppy, but he is a big baby, so we call him that, (laughs) hung out with him uh, for a few hours and had a power nap, Um, I've mentioned before about my love of naps, Uh, so had a nap, and um, yeah, and then did another hour driving to go to Bristol to see the Lion King at the Hippodrome, and I am so, so glad that I did, Uh, I was looking forward to it, and and actually I was, you know, feeling in quite good headspace. Um, so I went along and it was amazing. If you haven't seen it, I would so recommend seeing it. It's so much fun. It's got songs from the Disney film, if you're a fan. Um, it's got, I mean, if you're not a fan, I don't know really why you're going to see it. Because, you know, it's the, it's the story that we know and love. Uh, so it has a lot of kind of favourite songs, like I Just Can't Wait To Be King and Akuna Matata, obviously. Um, it also has a couple of new songs, but I sat in the stalls because I found um, that actually, although it's a bit more pricey for tickets, actually there I've got a proper seat, which is more comfortable. So it's just a less stressful experience, I think. You're not quite so much in everyone else's personal space. Um, and it was definitely, definitely worth it for this show because then you actually saw the um, the cast coming down the aisles. You saw the the kind of puppets and the costumes up close, and they are stunning. Um, so yeah, I would definitely, definitely recommend seeing it. And sitting in the stalls was so worth it. Um, so I did that Saturday, and then I've been having a bit of. Um, social media a couple of days thinking about exciting stuff about branding and promotion and I have this I guess a sense of awkwardness because I'm not a big fan of people trying to sell me stuff and marketing to me and people who are constantly self-promoting I think you know I'm fairly reserved and it just, I'm not a natural salesperson basically, it's not something that comes naturally to me, um, you know, sort of 
putting myself out there more on social media to promote the podcast and to promote my coaching business is all sort of new um, and I know that if I want to expand into you know being an entrepreneur and expand my business I have to do more of this self-promotion and and selling and it's just getting my head around that and pushing myself out of my comfort zone so I've had a couple of days of thinking about that and thinking about brand colors and uh, image and all, all that kind of stuff not into great depth or professional depth or anything like that but just kind of getting my head around it and uh, trying to feel comfortable with it and being open um which is quite funny because actually you know I talk quite openly on this podcast um which is you know I think one of the reasons for it to kind of share experiences I think it can be really valuable to hear about other people's experiences people who are maybe going through something similar people who um might have some insights uh or some thoughts and yeah so I I kind of think you know I within reason going to be open um and and share things and share kind of what I've learned and that kind of stuff so it's then funny that you know the other side of social media just you know I haven't got my head around that yet and I suppose because when I record the podcast I'm just unless I'm interviewing I'm just chatting to myself which you know I've started doing actually as a kind of form of journaling to sort of go through my thoughts and get ideas together so I guess it feels like an extension of that so it doesn't feel such a big deal or so anxiety provoking um as just kind of straight up posting on social media and I think it's also a bit more removed isn't it from people's feedback and obviously absolutely please share comments suggestions all of that much appreciated but it's a little bit more removed from posting something and people being able to instantly reply so yeah that's kind of been my week um so I heard uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts like I said uh, in episode two with Natalie I like to listen to podcasts when I'm driving um and you know kind of think about what I'm listening to and obviously fair amount of driving this weekend meant I managed to get through quite a few podcasts um so obviously hopefully you're listening to my podcast um if you're here um but some other ones that are fantastic that I really enjoy listening to are the almost 30 podcast um which is one that really inspired me to start my own podcast um the expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips again um, you know, really got me thinking about manifestation. Um, I believe it was that one that introduced me to human design, which we will talk about at some point, I'm sure, because it's fantastic. Uh, the kind of insights it gives you into yourself. Um, the Rise podcast with Rachel Hollis. Again, that's more kind of business focused, but I find that really interesting, really inspiring. Um, there was an episode of Awesome with Alison this week that actually was really really um inspiring that I listened to um happy place with Fern Cotton uh, so it's just a couple of the many podcasts that I listen to and I'm sure I'll be talking about more of them uh, in future episodes um but it was actually on one of those um 
I can't remember which one. Um, sorry. <laughs> they said that um, burnout is now recognised by the World Health Organisation as, uh, you know, a condition as, as a thing in its own its own right. Um, I can't remember if the term they used was disease, and I've not had a chance to look into this in any great amount of detail. Um, and the reason for that, because normally if I, you know, I'm thinking about something, I want to find out more, I'm straight away googling it and doing research but I know that there is an interview that I'm going to be doing um, in a few weeks time where we're going to be talking about all things burnout so I'm kind of leaving it sort of benching it for a little bit to come back to then for that episode I don't want to kind of spoil the thunder um, of talking about it then uh, another thing I came across um, listening to the Russell Brand podcast under the skin which has moved over to Luminary, which is a paid platform, which I've not really explored yet. I, you know, I've got so many podcasts I already listen to, I don't know how I feel about paying a subscription to listen to them. Um, I've got quite a few things where, you know, paying out money for things, I have a backlog, so magazine subscriptions, my Audible accounts. I'm not sure I want to add another <laughs> thing to have a backlog of podcasts that will take me ages to get through. Uh, to be honest, I've you know started listening to September stuff, and July, August is just maybe I'll get to it at some point, but I've just kind of had to write them off <laughs> because otherwise I'm never going to get anywhere near to catching up on all the podcasts I've got to listen to. Anyway, Under the Skin, uh, the episode with Brené Brown, which is available for free on iTunes, is where I usually listen to my podcasts, uh, or it's on Spotify. Um, and there was something they were talking about in there about something called choice theory, which I believe was developed by William Glasser. Um, and so you can search it. There are books about choice theory that you can read. Um, and I think particularly in t- terms of sort of childcare and parenting can be really useful for that. And it's this idea of presenting things as a choice. So you can choose this or you can choose this. And so one of them is normally uh, if there's something that you don't want them to be doing, uh, one of the choices is usually you can choose to keep doing that, but this is the consequence. And it's framed as they are choosing the consequence. So um, the example um, that Brene gives in the podcast is um, between two teenage boys who are close to having a fight. And, you know, you have to kind of get in there really quickly. And the choice was, you know, you can have a fight we can um sorry you can choose to walk away or you can choose to do this and lose your tv privileges for a month what do you choose and then if they choose to have the fight then it's sorry that you chose to give up tv for a month so on so you're framing it as a choice um and i think you know we can get so overwhelmed by choice i know i definitely get overwhelmed if i have too many choices to decide between um and so, yeah, I think it, you know, it's really powerful. And I, and I mentioned this to a parent that I know, um, and she said she was going to try it. And, you know, the same, the same day I got a message saying that, you know, she started trying it and it was already amazing, like life-changing uh, information. So probably we will talk about that in more detail um, in a future episode as well. But it was something that I found really interesting. Um, I might try that out with teaching and um, possibly something to, you know, to try with children or with anyone, you know, I think 
um, it's kind of giving people that sort of autonomy and you know that kind of awareness of consequences anyway that was that so today's episode um, I've already kind of chatted nonsense for a little bit <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk about mindset today um, because we sort of touched on it on the, um, the first episode um, when I sort of talked about why, my why and I gave a sort of definition of mindset and mental well-being, mental wellness. Um, but I wanted to come back to mindset and spend an episode just talking about what that means, um, what it means to me, um, and kind of introduce an, an idea for helping you to think about your mindset more um, and to think about how you can shift it and the impact that that has. And so this is um, kind of a strategy that, um, that I think is really useful for adults, but also really, really useful for children. So if you've got children, um, and particularly if they're struggling to sort of understand their emotions um, and how, you know, the effect that they have on them, maybe something to try because, you know, we're going to talk about a film and how that can help us to think about mindset. And I think... You know, films can be a really, really useful insight for us to learn about all kinds of things. Um, but particularly, you know, for children, if they can see something and start to think about it with the characters, so it's not just us thinking about our thoughts, which can be quite difficult to unpick. To unpick that kind of metacognitive skill of thinking about thinking um, can be quite hard. So this is a, a kind of strategy you can use to start thinking about mindset um, and to help your children start thinking about it a bit as well. So, the Disney film Inside Out. Have you seen it? If you haven't, then this probably won't make that much sense to you, for one. Uh, but two, I would just definitely, definitely recommend that you watch it anyway. Um, I just think it's a really, really nice, um, met- I don't know, analogy. Um, kind of representation of the, the kind of mindset, the mind, memories in a way, personality, um, yeah, I just, you know, I really like it, I've shown it to to children of different ages that I've taught, um, we've looked at understanding and managing emotions, uh, which is when we kind of did this, these activities, um, and also, you know, recommend it to, to older students, um, so that's the first step. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Um, but yeah, so obviously, uh, in the in the film, Riley, who's the little girl, you're kind of seeing things from her perspective, but you're also seeing her mind and the kind of control tower, if you like. Uh, and the person who's usually in control of the mind is Joy. Uh, and so joy is one of the emotions along with fear, sadness, disgust, and anger. So we've got five emotions at that point. Um, and so this is one of the reasons I quite like it, because it's quite a simplified version. You know, we've got so many emotions that we could be experiencing. Uh, the feeling wheel is a really, really useful resource to think about naming emotions. But I think to start with that kind of recognizing them, simple is quite a good way into it. Um, and particularly again for children Uh, and those emotions are um, 
quite special in a way. Um, those and also um, there are seven. There are seven emotions that we believe are innate that everybody, regardless of their culture, um, you know where they're from, they recognise these facial expressions, these emotions. So this idea that they're somehow really, um, I guess, in our D- yeah, in our DNA, they're part of who we are. So we recognise them more easily. And so I think that's why that kind of simple five is a good place to start. So for Riley, this young girl, Joy is running the show. So because Joy is in the driving seat, that is like the lens through which she's seeing the world. So the things that she's seeing, things she's experiencing, she's interpreting them through that joyful mindset. And I think out of those five emotions, so joy, sadness, fear, disgust, and anger, we probably want to have joy in the driving seat. Sometimes it's going to be appropriate for other emotions to step in, but most of the time we want to be in a place of joy and having that be the way that we view the world. But in the film, spoiler, uh, situations transpire where joy and sadness kind of get lost from the uh, control tower. And so we have fear, disgust and anger running the show. And so, as I said, all emotions serve a purpose. But, you know, these tend to be emotions that we view as negative. um, And you can probably kind of imagine the way that things go, having those emotions in control. Um, So, you know, this is that you can think about, you know, when a situation happens, uh, when there's an argument, how that's interpreted if we've got anger in the driving seat, if we've got fear, you know, so if I'm arguing with my parents and anger is in charge, maybe it's everything's so unfair, um, you know, just, yeah, that pure kind of rage and anger, why are they treating me like this, why don't they understand me, Uh, whereas fear might have more of that feeling unloved or unworthy in some way or what have I done wrong so kind of more internalizing and and disgust might just not be interested in that at all and the whole thing be disgusting um so you know the the kind of the way to use this so we've got got our emotions and we're thinking about who is in control who is in the driving seat and that's the lens through which you're interpreting things so if you think about an event, think about a situation, uh, maybe someone has, um, you know, done something at work, or someone, someone's cut you up when you're driving. Classic example. That can make us so angry. Um, but really, the other person, they've just carried on on their way. They're not fussed about it. We're the one that's stressing ourselves out about it. So if anger is in the driving seat, how am I reacting? probably with some very colourful language Uh, you know real anger at that person they're an idiot what are they thinking that kind of thing and then what about fear if you put fear in the driving seat then maybe I'm thinking about all the things that could have happened if another car had come around the corner um, if there had been an accident you know I wouldn't be able to get home what would happen to the dog what would happen to all this Um, if disgust was in the driving seat you know maybe how can people like that be on the road it's a disgrace uh that kind of thing 
And then sadness. Maybe I'm upset. Maybe it's, it's hurt my feelings that this person has cut me up and have been inconsiderate. And then if joy <laughs> is in the driving seat. Now, I mean, this is a tricky one because I don't think joy is going to be especially happy uh, that someone has cut, cut you up. I think maybe it's difficult to see a positive. Um, but, you know, something I've been trying, rather than getting upset or annoyed um, other people on the road when, you know, it's not upsetting them, it's just upsetting me and I don't want that kind of negativity I'm just saying to myself but to them like I wish you happiness I wish you a good day and then let it go and so I kind of think that's maybe how joy would see it that sort of joyful outlook it happened I'm not going to dwell on it I'm going to let it go so the way to use this is when you're in a situation and maybe anger is the one that's responding or fear if you can you maybe take a take a breath and then try and step back metaphorically step back from the situation and think who is in the driving seat right now and then try putting someone else in the driving seat and seeing what happens seeing how that changes the way that you understand the situation and obviously if you can try putting joy in charge because you know I've said before that's my buzzword at the moment all about that trying to find joy um, in life so yeah put joy in charge and see what happens once you've got used to using those five basic emotions I say basic um, can be quite complex at times but once you're used to kind of reflecting on which emotion is driving and changing that driver to see the impact then you know you can try this activity with more subtle emotions so you know recognizing when shame for example is driving or maybe regret jealousy um, and then also, you know, trying to put different emotions in, maybe more positive one emotions or stances. So, what would it be like if confidence was driving or acceptance? Um, what about, uh, obviously we've got joy. Um, Oh, my mind is blank now <laughs> for positive emotions. Um, but you see what I mean? And, you know, you can kind of, you know, the feeling well, again, like I said, is an amazing tool for starting to recognize these more complex emotions. So it kind of starts with maybe like the broader emotions of kind of sadness. But then within that, you know, can you break it down to something further? Is it you know, like a sense of regret? Is it a sense of loss? Is it, you know, um, general melancholy or something? And actually being able to recognize the subtleties of emotion. And, you know, um, I think like I said in episode two with Natalie, you know, I, if, you know, if my mood's low, I feel very disconnected from my body, but also from my emotions so it's something that's really helped me to 
to try and be more in touch with how I'm feeling um, and you know this kind of inside out um, activity is something that I do with students um, understanding and managing their emotions and you know if you kind of google inside out lesson there are lots and lots of resources of other people using this sort of approach to think about the emotions of the way that they work. Um, as a side note, one of the other things that I really like um, about Inside Out is the idea of personality islands. Um, so again, if you've not seen it, um, it's very much sense. But, you know, Riley has these five personality islands that are essential parts of who she is. So she has Hockey Island, so we've got an interest. She has Honesty Island and Goofball Island, so two that are kind of about her characteristics and, and how she is. Um, and then two about the kind of important relationships and connections in her life. So we have family and we have friendship. Um, so I think it's really useful to sort of, you know, to think for yourself what would be your personality islands, um, which can be hard to think of to start with, but it's a good activity to start thinking about, you know, what's important to you, what makes you who you are. Um, and I really, you know, um, one of the things I sort of talk about in coaching and my coaching course is the importance of this self-knowledge, self-understanding, um, and then self-acceptance. And I think knowing who you are and kind of how you function uh, is a really important first step um, for that process. So anything like this that can help you start to connect with yourself, connect with your emotions, um, I think is really valuable. So hopefully you found this interesting as a kind of first step into mindset um, because you know our mindset is all about how we view the world um, and you know quite often our mood is a big big part of that um, and so if you've you know kind of looked at um, counseling cognitive whatever before you might know this ABC type model this idea that you have something happen some kind of events um, and then we kind of think about it and then we have a reaction we have a kind of feeling um, like the consequence and you know quite often we just think it's the thing that's caused that emotion so if they met my driver the driver has caused me to feel angry but actually it's not the event you know I could respond to that in loads of different ways it's my thoughts about it that kind of middle step that leads to the feelings I experience so things like this activity are getting to work in that middle step and getting to start taking a step back and reflecting on your thoughts and the impact that they have so you know I just like it as a nice little introduction to mindset and shifting mindset um, which is something that we will talk about in future episodes but I just thought this was a nice um, introduction and 
little activity that you can try to try with your family um yeah to get you to start thinking about it so yeah hopefully you found that useful um and then we will be back answering a question just a moment Okay, so this week's question is about habits and morning routines. Uh, so, asks, um, I'm trying to get into a routine of going to the gym in the morning, but I find in the mornings I'm too tired and I usually snooze my alarm and don't make it into the gym. It's something I really want to do, so why can't I do it? And any tips and advice that you have? So thank you for asking the question. Uh, remember you can send us questions via Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. So um, this is a kind of question, I mean, I can totally relate to the snoozing the alarm not getting up. That is where I was um, a year ago, to be honest. Um, and I think the first thing I would say um, for kind of fitness goals um, and exercise is to sort of think about the reasons why you're doing it. And I think so often we push ourselves into um, a gym routine, an exercise routine, uh, wanting to lose weight or whatever, but doing it from a place of self-loathing or self-hatred or from that kind of negative, like I need to change, I need to do this type mindset which I don't think is the route to success. I think that you need to do it from, um, from a view of self-care. And I found for me, when I shifted from, you know, kind of um, that dislike of myself and how I looked and, you know, decided that I was worth putting the effort in and taking care of, and that actually exercising was something that made me feel good physically and mentally and something that was good for my well-being um, and saw it as something as part of my self-care and looking after myself then already it was easier to motivate myself because it wasn't a punishment it was something I was doing because I cared about myself and loved myself and the idea of loving yourself can be to begin with for, for people if they're coming from that headspace um, of loathing or you know um, not accepting themselves and it can be quite difficult to flip to love so even just kind of liking yourself or taking care of yourself uh, so I think that's the first thing is to you know to think about when you say you really want to do it think about the reason and if it is coming from that negative place then then it's going to be harder to motivate yourself so thinking about you know what are the benefits of it besides any kind of appearance related stuff um, and try and change that kind of view of exercise. And then the other thing that I found helped, so I have a very um, kind of structured, I guess, like fitness um, regime, I guess, in the morning. So I go to CrossFit Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. So my alarm goes at 5. I get up, to be honest, not very productive for that half hour. That's my sort of waking up time. Um, but then I go to the gym. Uh, in the summer, I then went swimming, uh, wild swimming, straight after the gym. Um, but at the moment, the river is in spate, so it's too high, too fast, 
so I'm not doing the swimming I'm just doing the gym and to be honest when I first started in January so it was a bit cold a bit wet not the nicest conditions for getting up and going out in at that time of the morning um to be honest what I was doing my my alarm would go at five I'd get up I'd have um, a shake because I didn't want to work you know I didn't feel I could work out on an empty stomach and then I would go back to bed for about a nap uh, before throwing clothes on and going because the idea of just getting up at five was too much uh, so it took me a while to warm up into it um, but one of the the, um, the things that really worked for me is just having that kind of external um, motivator or kind of I guess check on what you're doing so for CrossFit I have to book into the classes um, and you have to give 24 hours notice to cancel and obviously if I was legitimately ill and couldn't do it then that's fine and you know possibly I'd have to pay the cost of the class or you know if I was really ill then I don't know maybe be okay but there's that kind of reinforcer you know there's a waiting list there's people who want to do the class I can do the class uh, so it's a kind of check in place so I can't just go oh you know I can't be bothered this morning I'm gonna stay in bed um, so having something like that and it could be that you go to a class you have to book into it could be working out with a friend someone that you don't want to let down um, so something that is that you know external so when you're sort of thinking oh, I just want to go to bed uh, or, or stay in bed um, that you know someone else is counting on me to do this and I found for me that um, not being able to cancel the class has meant that you know I get up and do it um, and also for CrossFit one of the things that really works well is that it's a group uh, thing so it's kind of social I tend to work out with the same people um, and also actually the fact that I just turn up and someone tells me what to do so I don't actually have to do a huge amount of thinking works as well so that kind of social aspect can also be a you know really good thing but not everyone can go to a class first thing in the morning. It might be that you want to do um, a solo gym workout, possibly with a friend. That might be a good thing to, to do or to go for a run. So definitely that, you know, having um, a sort of different view of why you're doing it. Uh, if you are dragging yourself to the gym and you don't enjoy it, then, you know, maybe it's not the, not the exercise for you. I mean, it took me a while to find something that really like made me excited and I actually enjoyed doing it rather than just like I have to go to the gym so maybe try out some different types of exercise different types of fitness and see um, if there's something else that maybe you enjoy more that's, that you know that suits you better and it doesn't have to be a kind of traditional like gym based thing it could be hiking it could be swimming um, you know it could be anything um, but what I will say is that, you know, to start with, like I said, it was a challenge uh, when the alarm went, getting up and kind of having to force myself to a certain extent to get up. And so then that was when having those checks and having that, you know, being able to tell myself, you know, you're doing this um, for yourself, etc., etc. That really helped. But actually, it did get easier over time. And now we're nine months in and when my alarm goes at five I just get up it's just automatic I'm still tired <laughs> still sometimes I'm like oh I want to stay in bed but I just get up 
and go. Uh, and that's the thing with habits, that they can take a while to form. Um, but then once they're formed, we sort of we tend to run on these habitual behaviors, these patterns that we're often not aware of. So yeah, give yourself time, have the strategies like the ones that I've just mentioned to motivate you in those early stages of that habit formation. Um, and then hopefully over time, it will get easier and it will just become a routine. Um, that's not to say there aren't days where, like I said, it's a struggle or days when, you know, actually what you really need sometimes is sleep or, um, you know, so some days I will, if I'm feeling quite tired, then I can sort of say, actually, I'm not going to be in tomorrow um, to have that bit of extra sleep time. And I think that's that wider self-care thing. So, yeah, think about the motivator and the kind of mindset why you're doing it and try and do it from a place of self-care, self-acceptance, etc. Um, I think you'll find that much more motivating or much easier to stick to than forcing yourself because you're already then setting up as this is a negative, this is a punishment. Um, so you want to sort of change that view. Think about external things to help you through the early stages and then just stick with it. And if there are times where you snooze the alarm, that is life. Just accept it. Don't beat yourself up about it. And then just try again the next day. Uh, so hopefully that's helpful. They're my thoughts on what might help. And from my own kind of morning routine journey. And I am not traditionally a morning person. I am a classic night owl. Uh, I'm often tired because I haven't quite got the going to bed early bit down yet. Um, and you know, it is possible to change and to get into these routines. Uh, one of my dear friends, um, I spoke to a little while ago and she said she was genuinely surprised, uh, that I'd stuck with this routine and become a morning person. Um, so it is possible, um, with some of these strategies to do it. So good luck. Um, yeah, and let us know how you get on. That's it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed and found some use from the topics that we've discussed. So I definitely would recommend checking out some of the other podcasts that I mentioned, checking out Choice Theory, uh, using the mindset activity, watching Inside Out, um, as well as the Lion King musical. Obviously, I recommend that. Um, and yes, yeah, so please uh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast if you've enjoyed it. Please... Um, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your social media fix. And um, feel free to ask us a question so you can send us a message on any of those platforms and we will answer one question each week on the podcast. Uh, I hope you have a lovely week and we'll catch up with you next week. Bye.